I grew up skating. Um, I, I lived in Escondido, like north of San Diego. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Eskate Chat with Evolve. We're here with the man himself, SoCal legend, Evolve ambassador out of California, United States. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys today? Oh, we're doing well over in Australia. Um, let, let's jump. Let's jump straight into it. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you became involved in the Evolve family. Um. So I think it was like. 2015 i had a friend of mine we were kind of looking around for a motorized skateboard or uh kind of like um an electric something and uh i was tired of like going up and down the hills by pushing and it run up the hill and uh i just wanted something that would get me up the hill and um found a company called evolve skateboards and he bought the carbon gin too and uh, when he bought it, he brought it, set it down, and it was very, very intimidating. And I, had, I wanted nothing to do with it. I just was, you know, it was like futuristic. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And so he ripped around on the grass, and I was like, okay, I'm ready. And, um, and I have like six boards now. So um, the rest is history. <laughs> uh, what was your skate experience like previously to jumping on that board? Oh, I mean, um, I grew up skating. Um, I, I lived in Escondido, like north of San Diego. Um, and I grew up there. I had probably six years and I skated. Um, I watched a, um, like a, and it's, it's like a, an assembly or a rally where they had uh, like Tony Hawk and like Gator. Uh, they had some BMX guys. And I just like with an awe with this. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. And so I had a bunch of friends that got into skateboarding. And so I had skated for about five or six years living in California. Then I moved to Missouri. Um, there was no skating there. I lived on a gravel road. So took the trucks off the board and used it to go in the snow. Um, and then moved back to California 10 years ago and then got back into it, got a longboard, have a couple skateboards. And then, um, Never really did any tricks. Uh, I did some ollies and some small stuff, but uh, I tried doing the ramps, but I always busted my ass. So, I don't know the complete backstory for this, so you're going to have to fill me in. So you're one of the OG ambassadors. You've been with the brand a very long time. You also work for Evolve, and I remember you were there at the early World Cups. What, what order did that all happen in? <laughs> Okay, so 2015 got the board. Uh, in the very 2015, I uh, got into an accident uh, on the board. Um, and then in 2016 was the World Cup. Uh, I think it was in June. And then um, the, I became an ambassador in September, started working for Evolve um, in October. So I've been with Evolve uh, for about four years now. Cool. So that all happened pretty quickly. So you went to the World Cup as a community member. Jeff, I'm guessing, saw your passion for it, brought you on board as an ambassador, and then eventually you transitioned into working for us as well. What's your role at Evolve HQ? So I am the QC supervisor. Um, we basically get the boards in from China, 
Uh, we assemble the boards. So basically just putting a battery on the board, testing all the functions. Uh, we do a load testing. Um, and then uh, we do the customizing for the boards. Um, I do a lot of stuff at the shop. I mean, uh, we have three original guys and then we have like five or six newer guys as of like last year. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of interesting working for a company and then being an ambassador because not very many people do that. Um, so I think it was more or less, I had the passion, uh, for the product and was able to rep the product. And then they knew I knew a lot about the product. So they just hired me. Um, a lot of it also was I would never leave the shop. I would just show up and hang out. And then they were like, we're just going to hire you. You know, we're tired of you hanging around. We just want to give you a job now. So that's how that started. Never filled out an application, never handed it in a resume, just showed up to work. <laughs> it's definitely a very unique perspective that you'd get. Um, how, how would your viewpoint on it, I guess, give you insight into seeing how Evolve is different to other, other brands and that out there? So, yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of things, um, you know, I see the customer service side. So I see when, you know, uh, there's uh, issues with a, a customer's board, a customer's board comes in and I see those things and then I kind of see it in the groups and I see them in the forums. Um, and so, I mean, some of the times I'm like, hey, have you guys, you know, talked with this guy? Have you received this email? And so it's kind of like I'm double dipping, but also, too, it's like I'm looking out for the community. Um, I started out. I started out doing this because of the community. So I feel like me being at Evolve is kind of helping out the community because I'm like that eyes and ears, and you know, I'm you guys. I'm part of you. Um, so uh, I think that I'm able to help out that way to a certain extent. But then it's like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just you can't make happy. <laughs> yes, that is that is true. That is true. Um, in more, I know you've been doing it for years, but this year, the last the last couple months, we've done a focus on community events. We're trying to build community in the USA more so than ever, and really try and kickstart that going into spring. Um, you, you've sort of crossover, used your crossover as an ambassador and an employee to head a lot of those rides, and you're going to be the the front man at, at some demos and all that sort of stuff. Tell us um, how those couple, the last couple rides have been. What's the community response been like? Um, you know, I, it's really interesting because at first I was like, okay, there's going to be a lot of uh, evolved people there. And it, was, it wasn't the case. There was still the same guys. It was the DIYs. It was the electric unicycles. It was new one-wheel people, um, Super 73 guys, the electric bikes. So it was still more of the community instead of the evolved community. Um, and then, you know, you guys blasted out emails. And then the next group ride that we did, we had, it was a 50-50. So before we had like maybe 10 out of 50 people. And this one right here, we literally had like 25 to 30 evolved guys. Um, and I think it was just like they saw the first ride and they're like, okay, we're going to go to the next ride, Okay we're going to go to the next ride and then it's just going to keep going on and on. But the more and more of the community we get, dude, we can have two or 300 people 
and have to like shut down streets to be able to keep everyone, you know, together. Because I mean, at 50 or 60, dude, it's, uh, <laughs> it can get pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, interesting that you said that the evolved turnout's been growing when we uh, sort of use our marketing within the brand itself to reach out to our customers. Although we do try and scream that community is a huge part of what we do, the truth is a lot of people that buy our boards just don't enter this eSkate world. They're not in the groups. They're not in the community forums. So, I mean, not everyone has to do that, but it is cool when you can send them an email and they can just dip their toes in and come to one of those events and feel part of something. Um, was there a lot of first-timers to the entire group ride situation out of those new people? Yeah. Um, so with the first group ride, uh, I think we did it in February. No, wait, wait. We did it in January. Um, I think we had like one or two uh, new Evolve guys that I'd never seen before. Uh, they said that was their first group ride that they came to. Um, the second one, there was like five or six. Uh, there was one guy, he was like, and, and I can tell like it was him and one of his buddies. But one guy, he's like, dude, I've only been on this thing twice. And this is my second time. And so it was like, oh, okay. He had a helmet. I mean, he was kind of an older guy. So I was like, you know, he's been on a skateboard before, but he had no issues. Um no falls or anything like that for him. But yeah, I mean, I noticed at least five or six on this last one. Uh, so I definitely think that even with you guys posting it on your stories, uh, you know, several days before and then doing like the email blast and stuff, I think that that helps a lot, you know, and you were talking about, um, you know, working at Evolve and being an ambassador. Um, you know, I know I'd mentioned to you guys about, <laughs> you know, getting like a card, basically having like, you know, groups and, you know, forums and group ride info and where we can put it in there. Um, I think we could do that. Uh, I think we can do something very interesting for that because then you're basically providing it to everyone and everyone sees that as soon as they open the box and they're like, dude, this is awesome. I'm going to add them on Facebook right now. And then they can get some insights. They can get uh, a group ride in their area or whatever else. So I think, you know, with having those kinds of things will kind of build up the community even more. That was a great idea. And I think we do need to do that. And it's not just promoting the Evolve groups and stuff, but general eSkate, we're big about electric community. So like we don't care if you rock up on an electric bike or whatever it might be. So we've spoken about putting the card, like someone buys a board, it's going to New York. Hey, here's four groups in your local area. Um, but that's something we can also also build up um, on the website. Imagine if you had a directory of 50-plus groups around the country. And it's just a cool way to connect people. And I think that's, you know, that's half of what this is about, just hanging out with people with that like-minded um, thoughts. Um, with the we got a demo coming up in San Diego in Carlsbad. You're going to be out there with the crew doing um, – a demo event where brand new people who don't even own boards can come and ride them followed by a, another one of these group rides. What's the, uh, you've done a lot of these demos around the country, run us through how they work. So basically with a demo, um, we'll set up a tent. Uh, we will set up a table. We'll have a board flipped up on its side where we can basically, you know, show them that the remote, you know, what the board does, uh, answer any questions with that. Uh, and then we usually have um, one or two 
if not three of each of the boards, depending upon how long the demo goes. So I think for this demo, we're going to have two bamboo boards that are AT. We're going to have one carbon that's AT, have a carbon street that's on the table where I can you know, show everyone on the table. And then we're going to have a stoke. Uh, we're going to have plenty of remotes. Um, you know, with COVID right now, it's uh, kind of difficult, but we're going to make it work. You know, we're going to do all the COVID protocols, uh, having the masks and stuff on. Um, and um, basically, you know, hand sanitizer for the remotes, you know, a staff member is going to hold the remote, you know, get it all prepped for you, hand it off. You know, we're going to have all of our PPE and stuff that we need on to protect, the, you know, the people they are going to be there. Uh, we're going to do like a little loop around the uh, track uh, that we're going to set up. Uh, we're going to do some hot dogs. We're going to do uh, some maybe some chips and some drinks and stuff like that. It's going to be basically, you know, uh, you know, little packets and just have it all safe where, you know, everyone and anyone that wants to come and do a demo, they can. Um, but whenever you start the demo, I'm going to teach the people how to operate the remote, tell them what not to do and tell them what helps themselves to operate the board. Uh, and then just kind of send them on their way. And then they do a couple laps and then they have a huge smile on their face. Then we'll send them into the shop and then they'll buy a board. <laughs> That's the theory anyway, right? Um, but that is a good point. It's, it's, it's happened. I've been to at least a dozen of these things and, you know, there's at least one or two guys that are like, oh, I've got to have one and they end up going in there. Um, so I, I bet it'll happen. I think it's, it's people that have pretty much already made that decision, right? A lot of people buy them online, but some people just love having a face-to-face -face conversation with someone like yourself, getting hands, physical hands on a product. And then they, they have the confidence to go and grab one. So these demo events are something you're going to see a lot more of um, around a, uh, the USA to start with. I know we're talking, um, yeah, we're, we're going to do some over in Florida, all up uh, the, the West Coast there, up in San Fran, um, probably out in Hawaii, and then when it warms up, up in Chicago and New York. So if there's anyone listening that thinks we should come to their city and you've got a pretty cool Eastgate scene, let us know and we'll, we'll keep eyes on the comments for sure. Nice. Uh, with um, sort of, sort of doing a bit of a segue on, on what you said about COVID, remember at the very start, we had a K2 go-kart event actually booked. It was all booked. This would have been a year ago. Yeah. Um, and those, those style events, obviously, we haven't been able to do them because of restrictions. But that's when restrictions start to ease. What would you like to see in terms of those sort of style events? Oh, dude. Um, so we've done a couple of them, uh, of the K1 speed track races, um, just open to everyone. But I want to see, I want to see them go all over the U.S. I mean, uh, I know I've talked with you guys about trying to get one set up for Vegas. Um, I've even looked at tracks in Tampa, Florida. I've looked at tracks in Texas. I've looked at tracks in Riverside, California. And I want outdoor tracks. I think, you know, when you can get that drone up in the sky and you can actually see what's going on. Um, yeah, I want to see that. I mean, I love being in the in, inside of the tracks, like inside. But with COVID and stuff like that, you know, we can do something outside, which I think that Vegas, they just passed where you can have up to 200 people in an outdoor event. So, I mean, there's some states right now that have no mask mandates. There are some states that have no restrictions at all. So if we can get there to those states, and dude, I'm down. 
Fly it's me possible. there. Give me a car. Let's go. I'll tell Jeff. <laughs> um, what, what's your opinion on competition versus free skate at these style things? I mean, dude, I'm not a competitive person. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if you've heard of the guy, Mo Biggs. Um, he, you know, yeah. The fastboard guy. Yeah. Yeah. So we had at, at the open track at the Evolve 2018 World Cup, um, I went head, head to head with him. Dude, you know, we had some extra little stuff that was in the board, you know, and, and I, I felt good. I'm like, I'm going up against the man. And uh, I think it was three laps. First lap, I had him the entire time until we got to the straightaway. And he just, boom, kept it the entire time, beat me. But it was awesome to race against him. Um, but for me, I'm not a very competitive person, so I'm not out there to get first place. Uh, I've had a few injuries, so as long as I can compete, I'm stoked. Um, I would rather have fun and rip around the track with your buddies and just enjoy that. But, you know, there's a thing called NASCAR and Ricky Bobby, and people like to go fast. <laughs> so... Do. I mean, you know, they want to see faster boards. They want to see longer range. They want to have that, you know, competitive, you know, outlook on it. But uh, for me, it's just like as soon as I see someone fall, it's like I cringe because I know the pain. So, I mean, I've been to some of these races and I watch some guys fall. I watch a video of my buddy flying over a cliff. Thank God he had a helmet on and thank God he had, you know, the I think it was a lazy armor jacket or whatever, lazy rollers. But, dude. If he wouldn't have had that on, he would have had broken limbs and a lot of other things. So I think, you know, if there it's like on a controlled track where there's, you know, medics and, you know, you know, people that know how to deal with, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's not like an outlaw thing. I think that it's uh, I think it's a good idea, but I just hate to see people get hurt. Yeah, of course. We're the same. Now, I, I have another question, and this is probably not so much for you because um, you're evolve but i know a lot of your followers are the diy crew or people that do rock other brands and other styles of writing so if it if it comes to competition eventually we can't put every board up against every board so there needs to be some form of regulation in motocross it goes by engine capacity formula one they all have to be within a certain limit where do you think that leaves eSkate competition do we start um having categories saying, okay, 12S boards and under in here, or it goes off wattage of the motors. Where does this all fit? I think, I think that that's, I think it's, um, so I remember with the first world cup, um, it was like everyone skated against everyone. So, I mean, you had Stamo, which he's a nut and he won all four races and he went up against guys that were in their mid fifties and he's in his twenties. So it's like, of course, he's the fastest, the best, and he's going to win. Went to the next World Cup, and he had a younger buck that kind of took him out of one of the street races. But he was still a competitor. So I think, you know, if you've got to have the age groups, um, I think you need to have two or three different types of age groups. Um, you know, you're going to have, you know, some women that are going to want to compete. I think you need to have a women's race. Um, you know, you can kind of coordinate that together but i mean you have to do it uh, um 
you know, where it's, I don't know, it, it, it kind of gets tricky. It, it does get tricky. And then you have to go into motor size. It's like, I, that would be easy because it's like, okay, you have, uh, you know, these KV motors and you don't. So we're going to keep you in this category. I get that. Then you have several different categories. So then you have like, instead of a, a one day race, you have a four day race. That's where it gets messy, doesn't it? A two day street race. And then you have to have a two day off road race. Or do you just do, you know, one street thing. And then you have like a, a like a circus where everyone comes and it's like, you know, you do your qualifying and then you go keep on doing your qualifying, keep on doing your qualifying. And then on the last day, you have everyone that won their 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 rankings or whatever their sections are or whatever. They all race their finals and that's it. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's um, I'm, I'm sure someone out there can figure it out. But uh, I think um, it needs to be like in so many different categories because you can't say, you know, I go up against my girlfriend. Well, you know. I've been doing it longer. I'm more experienced. I've got, you know, a DIY board. She's got a stock board. So, you know, of course I'm going to beat her. But then that's me being saying, well, I'm going to beat you. So I, I think, you know, it just all depends on really, you know, the different categories. Yeah, and that's where it gets messy. We could talk about this all day and just throw around ideas. The I guess at the end of the day, nothing's going to suit everyone. Um so if, if you listen to that conversation just then, put your thoughts down there. Do you think we should be motor-sized? Maybe it's a, a pro class and an amateur class, and then the pro is where the prize money is and amateur is more recreational. Who knows? Let us know your thoughts, and, and we can figure that out at a later date. But the sport's growing, and it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with what you said because uh, you know I want to hear what the community has to say about that um, because there's a lot of different things that you can do. And I mean, it can't be just one day. I mean, if it is one day, it's going to be a 24 hour day. Well, that's it. But then it can be multiple days, but then people don't get enough riding in. So you can't come for a four day event and get five races. That's boring. So lots to, lots to weigh up there. You mentioned uh, your girlfriend a bunch of times there, which is a super cool thing because you're one of the guys that, uh, I guess brought your girlfriend in. Now she loves it just as much as you. Do you want to tell me about Tell me about how all that came about. Um, so, yes, uh, Lisa is her name, and she... Uh, give, her, give her an Instagram shout-out. Uh, she has uh, Skate Naked on Instagram, so uh, you can figure out how to spell that. It's very interesting. We'll put it up a couple. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can put it down below or whatever. Um, so, yeah, we met uh, at the World Cup, um, and then a couple months later, we started dating. A couple months later you know, started living together and we started skating. Uh, she's my skate buddy. Um, and she's been, um, very influential in the community, especially with women. I've seen a lot of women over the last two years that have just basically, you have, you know, a husband and wife and they want to join together and go on, you know, a skate date, or you have a boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, um, one of the guys that we have working with us, you know, his girlfriend's kind of slower on the board. She's learning, but she skated before, but she was able to use a bike and join us on a group ride. So, I mean, uh, you know, with Lisa and I, we do a lot of skating and uh, we do a lot of content for each other. It's kind of cool because I can film her, take pictures of her. She can do the same thing with me. And then when we're doing group rides, then, you know, I could film her and then she could film me. And uh, 
it's pretty nice to have uh, your partner be able to, uh, you know, share the same passion that you do. 100%. Uh, when we were over there in 2019, at the very start of the year, we were shooting the GTR commercial, essentially. Um, and I, I remember seeing her skate then. And then I saw the footage from the Newport group ride just a couple weeks ago. And her, her progression was super super cool and i think that's inspiring for a lot of a lot of girls out there 100 percent. this is something that you can do and you should get into yeah i mean she's been skating for i think about eight or nine years maybe 10 years um just longboard you know, you know just going around the park or whatever um but yeah seeing like exactly what you said the progression from when she first started and then to now uh, ripping around at that mission base skate i mean it's a uh, she gives me a run for my money, <laughs> you know, she, but also too, she's got yoga, she's got good balance and she's able to do things on a board because of those things. Uh, we have one of the guys that works at the shop. He's basically a dance pro and he's doing tricks and, you know, he can get down low on the board because of his balance. So, I mean, any of the girls out there that have balance um, and they want to join their you know, boyfriends or husbands, um, give it a try. Let's do a bit of a 180 now. Um, we're filming this a couple of days in advance, but when it comes out, there's going to be a sale on in the USA and around the world for that matter. Did you, you got the memo on that this morning? Nope, <laughs> dude, I, I, I don't know memos. I mean, I look at, I try to look at the WhatsApp a lot. Uh, you know, it's kind of different, you know, because, uh, we don't have very many meetings unless it's a meeting with you guys. And so it's like, I try to look at those things, but uh, I don't know anything about it. Well, l let me fill you in. Um, we're doing a big sale, a spring sale. We're trying to get uh, a lot of people involved in Eastgate for spring and summer. Perfect time. We have, we have a, quite a lot of boards because we ramped up um, production during COVID. What we're going to do is it's 200 bucks off. And we already lowered the price. Whoa. Of yeah, I know. Whoa. Okay, so hold on a second here. Basically, what you just told me is my I'm going to be busy. Oh, yeah. You're going to be packing a lot of boards. <laughs> um, ah, but, ah. And I find, this, I find this out on a podcast. That's, because, that's awesome. Because you didn't read WhatsApp, apparently. <laughs> Dude, I got to look at it now. Um, yeah, so that, that's pretty much the deal. It's 200 US dollars off the GTR boards. Um, and yeah, that pretty much, I'm not a hundred percent sure, like 1499 or 1449. It's pretty cheap. So if it's 200 off, what if they found a code out there somewhere? Can they use that code as well? They a hundred percent can use that code. I don't know where they're going to find that, but they can go looking for it. All right? They can go looking for it somewhere. I think they could find it somewhere pretty uh, easy. I think they could probably find it. I think we're going to see a whole bunch of new e-skaters around the world. And that's, that's also happening in the UK, Australia, and New Zealand. So if you're in any of those places, jump on. The deal's slightly different because of all those things. But the sale is going to be on when this podcast goes live. And um, how long is that sale going to go on? Until stocks last. So we're not running them out, but we, we got a lot of boards and we're going, to, um, we're going to sell a buttload of them and get back on track. So it's not going to go forever but jump on when you can. That, that leads us on to the USA scene in general. The USA eSkate scene is probably the biggest in the world. 
It's pretty spread out because you got such a big country with so many cities, but there's more e-skaters there than anything else. You spend a lot of time online. What do you see happening? What's exciting happening there? What's happening there compared to other places you see in the world? Or what would you like to see happen in the future? Um, so what I see is the communities growing. Um, I noticed uh, in Hawaii, there was a couple dudes that basically just started blasting all over social media. And uh, he's got some crazy boards that he's designed. Um, and then he starts building up his little community. He finds a one wheel community. And I think their last group ride, he had like 40 people there. So I think it's the communities. I think, you know, you have San Francisco, their community is huge. You have New York, their community is huge. You have Southern California that's in several different segments. And if you can join them all together, I, dude, that would, that would be the, we would have to, we could do the freeway. We could take shut down. Oh, dude, can you imagine during COVID if we would have got every single e-skater together, we would have just taken over the freeways. I mean, I live right next to a freeway, the, the five, and it was dead. And I wanted to go skate on it so bad, but I did Vegas strip instead. But uh, I think the community is getting bigger is what I see. Um, I think more and more people are just trying to just like, uh, try to cross the line of, Hey, how fast do I want to go? I start seeing more and more people with DIYs that they're just wanting to push the lines. They want to go 70, 80 miles an hour. Um, I, I think that if with everything that they're trying to do in the United States by, um, making everything like all combustion engine cars go away by 2035 in California, that's going to open up more electric, uh, uh, mobility devices and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think it's just going to end up being like, you know, you'll have, um, what are some of the uh, bike events where they have hundreds and hundreds of bikes? Like, oh, in London, they have like, you know, critical, critical mass, mass and stuff like that, you know, and they even have biking events where they get, you know, hundreds and thousands of people together and they start riding down the streets for charity events. Dude, that's definitely going to happen. I mean, we already did one with uh, Super 73 and Shred Lights uh, last year during COVID. And we had like almost a hundred people there. So I just think it's going to get bigger and bigger. Uh, but I also think with bigger and bigger, uh, there could be a lot more limitations, you know, on uh, laws and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, if like Evolve and Super 73 and One Wheel and the big brands got together uh, all over the U.S., then they can basically come up with something that where we can take it to like legislation and try to get something passed where, you know, we can show them that this is the e-mobility device is the next future, then it's going to be legal all over the U.S. We're going to have our own bike lanes. We're going to have, you know, our own sections where we can get back and forth to work. Or we don't have to worry about, you know, cars or we don't have to worry about people walking out in front of us. You know, it's our area. I think personal, personal mobility is inevitable um, and as you said, it's getting bigger and bigger. So yes, that, that does um, have a few problems in terms of legislation trying to keep up, but they can't stop it. They just have to make a way to make it work. So that's great. We should get bigger and bigger and bigger. We should move forward as like a unity. It's not one brand. It's, it's skateboards, it's scooters, it's everything you can think of. And then, and you'll start to see it. And it's happening in some of the progressive places in Europe that they are investing in infrastructure, building bikeways specifically for that. 
Um, COVID has scared a lot of people away from public transport. So, you know, they don't, they don't want to get on the trams in London, that sort of stuff, the, the tubes even. Um, so it's an inevitable future and we're at this exciting stage at the start where we get to shape the way it goes a little bit. Um, so that's super exciting. And I think because, because of the way the United States is, you're the land of the free, right? You have, you, you do, you do have a lot of free reign to do a bunch of things. Um, so I, I think when laws do come in, they'll be pretty lenient in most places anyway, and they won't sort of impede on us having a good time too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might have that occasional older gentleman that's by the beach and he's been, this is his 30 year job and he sees a skater go by and he yells at him. I mean, you're going to get those guys, but a lot of them, they just, as long as we're not doing anything or we're causing harm to someone else, they just let us be. Is there anything else you sort of want to talk about on this? Well, I have a question. Um, so I, I don't know if you can answer this, but, um, you know, I, I, I saw a question on one of the forums today. It was the Evolve uh, owners group. And someone asked if Evolve is going to be coming out with a new product this year. Can you give me any insight on that? Is there any information you can give me? But we Do we have any information? Do we know anything? Maybe next year? Did COVID mess it up? Anything? Well, okay, let's put it this way. You, you, you know, when we were working on the GTR, you had that battery in your board three years before that came out. Well, I wasn't three years. It was, it was about two years. And then the, I had the proto, prototype. I still have the prototype. And that was about six months before I stepped foot on an actual GTR. Um, but, I mean, it was like so many different variations. But also, too, I haven't heard anything. I keep my eyes and ears peeled for everything, but I haven't heard anything. So I'm just curious. I want to see a bigger battery. I want to see some crazy stuff. I want to see, I want to see the next level. I want to see, I want to see people when they see this board, they're going to be like, Oh, that's why people get an evolve. That's an exciting thing to talk about. If you can pass that down the line to the big guys, that's what the community wants. Yeah. That's an exciting thing to talk about. Because we, we can talk about that post and what, I guess, people want. What do you think the next board should be? I mean, what I think, um, oh, dude, uh, I think that more integration with the app where you can actually have, like, logged miles um, or, you know, a remote that, you know, people can actually, like, depend on, you know, I, I have never broke my remote, but I never dropped my remote. But I see it all the time. Someone drops their remote and it breaks. And then they get upset that they've had to buy a couple of remotes. The skin, <laughs> I don't know if I can say this, but uh, whatever. But when that skins, they first came out, we had three guys at the shop. We actually put it on a remote that, you know, had some missing parts. Um, but I wanted to see if it worked. And I wanted to see if I just drop it, if it would actually work. And we played hacky sack with it for about five minutes. I try to be a kicker in the NFL and I punted it about 50 feet. Um, it didn't break. One piece did fly off. And then one of the techs, he decided he wanted to slam it on the ground and it shattered, but of course it's going to shatter. But with that right there, you know, I just want to see like more, more integration, you know, uh, having some kind of cooling system 
system for the batteries or some have, having something that's integrated to uh, have one of my buddies in Vegas be able to ride his board all year round without having to worry about uh, a motor issue or a battery issue or temperature issues. Um, and then having something that you can ride in the snow. I see a lot of guys that are trying to rip around in the snow. Dude, that's going to be the next sport, man. When someone can put some spikes on a tire and go ra rip around a track that's a an ice track, dude, that's the next thing right there. But I just want to see, like, you know, just the next best, greatest thing, you know. Um, I Yeah, I mean, I've got the generations of all the boards on my wall here, so I'm, I'm a huge fan, of course. But I want to see the, like, over the top where everyone's like, yep, that, that's, what it, that's what I thought Evolve was going to out with. If we're talking about over the top, so now we, we do see a lot of brands that, like, don't get me wrong, they're awesome, but you could definitely say they're over the top. Uh, in, in that thread, someone's like, I just want a GTR with 100 miles of range. Is that legitimate? Well, you're going to pay $6,500 for it. No, no, no. The thing about it is, is if you want, so the new LaCroix came out at $6,500 or $6,000 or whatever. The new Cali board came out at $6,500, and those are both 100-mile range boards. Well, then you're basically putting yourself into a motorcycle category. You know, you can go and get any used motorcycle for $6,000, $5,000. So, and then the comfort level of being on a board for 100 miles. I mean, there may be 100 people in this community and all over the whole world that can legitimately skate 100 miles in one day. Other than that, your board doesn't need to do that. Uh, if it can, great. But if you can pack that all down in one little small, cool, compacted thing where it can get 50 miles, no issues, 100%. Yes, sell that for three grand. But when you're getting into the four and five and six thousand dollars, that's where your your profit margin and everything else is not going to go anywhere. So I I don't think that a hundred mile board is going to save the day. I don't think a board that goes 70 miles an hour is going to save the day. This is, if you want to do that, then get a motorcycle. If you want to do that, then get a faster car or just use a car. Well, that, uh, uh, that's probably going to wrap us up just about there. So thanks for jumping on. I think people are going to be stoked to see you, hear your story and all those things. If you got to this stage of the podcast, this is podcast number eight. Uh, it, it takes a little bit to do this, so we would super appreciate your support. If you can jump in the comments, let us know where you're watching it from and give the video a thumbs up. That'd be awesome. You can follow Joe. We'll link him in the um, description. SoCal Legend on Instagram and on Facebook. That's about it. Talk cool. to you later. Later, guys.